Well, howdy, Hoodoo Thunkers. This is the host of the Hoodoo Thunkin' podcast, Zeb, coming at you with episode 176, titled The Real Rain Man. Before we get into The Real Rain Man uh, recommendation segment, this week I recommend you check out the YouTube channel Real Stories. Their description from their own YouTube channel. Welcome to Real Stories, the home of award-winning and compelling documentaries you need to see. We will be uploading at least three full-length documentaries a week from uh, from the best documentary producers on the planet. Subscribe so you don't miss out. So basically, they just crank out uh, documentaries. Uh, Shannon and I often sit down and watch these documentaries for free on YouTube. And I thought, how cool. What a great thing to recommend to people. Something that's free. Um, I truly do think about this every once in a while. I don't think about it for very long. But it occurs to me there are so many elderly people, senior people who don't know what to watch. They'd rather watch the news or they think the news is awful. There are so many free opportunities to watch things. Um, you can look up, you know, wolf cubs on, uh, on YouTube. You can look up anything, so many things on YouTube for free. Of course, there are still ads and you can pay for YouTube premium. Most people don't. Most people just click through the ads. But I just wish senior people could... Um, like my grandma, she was like, how do you watch these things? She has no idea how Netflix works. She goes, well, how do you save that much in your DVR? How does Netflix save that much? It, it's There's so many people, I just I, elderly people that just don't understand how it works. And I wish they understood the, the wonderful resource of YouTube. Now, of course, there's a lot of trash on YouTube too. That's the nature of the internet. Lots of good, lots of bad as well. But this is one of the goods real stories. Um, they are actual documentaries. They are professionally produced, wonderful um, stories. Maybe they just weren't, maybe they have, they're more of a niche story and they don't find as big of an audience as to make a documentary that's, you know, gets a lot of publicity and everything, but they are wonderful. Um, like I said, we sit down and watch these. I'd say the average length is about an hour. Some are like 40 minutes, some are about an hour, 20, and they're fun to watch. And the thing about YouTube is you you start watching it. You don't have time to finish it. YouTube saves for a while, at least, where you left off and you can pick up no problem. Plus, they are documentaries, so you're learning about the real world when you watch them. So you feel, it feels educational, but they are entertaining. A video with the YouTube title, The Genius Within, Extraordinary Gifted People, The Real Stories, full-length documentary, was the inspiration for this episode. But I've watched many others with Shannon. We watched one about gambling addiction, but specific to bingo. That's what I'm saying. It's a real niche. It's not you know, gambling addiction, there's probably tons of movies and documentaries about that. But how many have you made about bingo? <laughs> and it, that was really entertaining. I mean, it's a little sad. Some of them are sad. Documentaries can be sad if it's a sad subject. But this one, The Genius Within, um, is what we chose to watch this morning, just this morning. And Shannon said, you should make an episode about one of those people on that, that documentary. Um, so yeah, we started to watch one about poverty in children in America. And Shannon and I were both like, this is too sad for a Tuesday morning to start the day off with this. So we switched to one that wasn't, you know, inherently negative. So check them out um, and inspired things like this episode. Now for the main event, the movie Rain Man, starring Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise, released on December 12th, 1988. It was a hit. A lot of people know Rain Man. Uh, a lot of people get the reference. I'd say today it's not something that's talked about a whole lot um, in, uh, pop culture and, and younger generations, but there are references to it, even in, uh, the hangover where I forget the character's names of the hangover, but, uh, Jack, Zach Galifianakis, the chubby bearded guy, he 
<laughs> supposed to be like a savant. Somehow he's able to count cards and that's how they get all the money. Spoiler alert for The Hangover. But So they do reference Rain Man a lot in other movies and older generations such as mine and even older than mine uh, definitely remember this movie. It was a hit in 1988. Here's the plot of the movie. When car dealer Charlie Babbitt, played by Tom Cruise, learns that his estranged father has died, he returns home to Cincinnati, where he discovers that he has an autistic older brother named Raymond, played by Dustin Hoffman, and that his father's three million fortune is being left to the mental institution in which Raymond lives. Motivate, motivated by his father's money, Charlie checks Raymond out of the facility in order to return with him to Los Angeles. The brother's cross-country trip ends up changing both of their lives. Dustin Hoffman took home an Oscar award for the best actor in a leading role for his portrayal of the autistic savant Raymond in the film Rain Man. Dustin Hoffman's character is based on a real person named Lawrence Kim Peek. He just goes by Kim Peek usually. Although Peek was previously diagnosed with autism, he is now thought to have FG syndrome. The National Organization of Rare Disorders explains FG syndrome type 1 FGS1 is an X-linked genetic disorder that is characterized by poor muscle tone, uh, hypotonia, intellectual disability, constipation, and or anal anomalies, and complete or partial absence of the part of the brain that connects the two hemispheres of the brain, corpus callosum. Um, so that's what I got off the internet. That was straight from the National Organization of Rare Disorders. So yeah, pretty rare thing. They thought it was autism at the time. Turns out, probably not. In his Oscar acceptance speech, Hoffman, Dustin Hoffman, thanked Kim Peek and cited him as the inspiration for the character. While being mentioned during a big Oscar acceptance speech is a pretty darn cool, a cool thing to do, it's far from the coolest thing about Kim Peek. His life is very interesting. Born in Salt Lake City, Utah, November 11th, 1951, with an abnormally large head, Kim's Doctors accurately predicted developmental issues in his future. He was born with uh, macrophaly, damage to the cere cerebellum, and agenesis of the corpus callosum, a condition in which the bundle of nerves that connects the two hemispheres of the brain is missing, in Peake's case, secondary connectors, such as the anterior commissure. <laughs> were also missing. There is speculation that his neurons made unusual connections due to the absence of a corpus callosum resulting in increased memory capacity. So that's a lot of big words at the end of the episode. I summarize it a little bit more to give you an idea of who he was, but you know, basically his brain is different. Unable to walk until the age of four, unable to walk with a normal gait ever, unable to button his own shirts, and kicked out of school after just one day, his community was ready to give up on Kim. The medical world said he would never walk, talk, or be able to learn. Although Peek was previously diagnosed with autism, oh, I already read all the FG syndrome stuff. Uh, sorry, a uh, failure of copy and paste there. So yeah, they thought he was unable to learn. Um, not long after being expelled from school, his family and community started to notice his abilities, though, something different about him. Even as a small child, Kim was able to memorize virtually everything. As a toddler, he was reciting books word for word, which would be freaky. Your kid can't walk, can't do basic motor skills but somehow is just reading through like textbook like books and remembering remembering everything. In addition to being diagnosed with developmental disabilities, Kim was diagnosed with savant syndrome. This is where his abilities come in to be explained a little bit. Dr. Darrell Treffert, psychiatrist from the University of Wisconsin, explains, Savant syndrome is a rare but spectacular condition in which somebody with a developmental disability such as autism has some speculator, spectacular island of genius that stands in stark contrast to overall handicap, meaning 
they have savant syndrome that means they may have something off that doesn't seem that they're quite normal as most people but they also have something about them that makes them seem like a true genius it's like he said stark contrast to handicap proving his doctors wrong he is now believed to have had the greatest factual memory in the world he memorized 98 percent of everything he read 98 percent uh so Pretty impressive, going from a kid that thought to ever walk, talk, or learn. According to Peake's father, Fran Francis Peake, Kim was able to memorize things from the age of 16 to 20 months. Peake read books, memorized them, and then placed them upside down on the shelf to show that he had finished reading them, a, a, practi a practice he maintained all of his life. He could speed through a book in about an hour and remember almost everything he had read, memorizing vast amounts of information in subjects ranging from history and literature, geography and numbers, uh, numbers to sports, music, and dates. Peak read by scanning the left page with his left eye while reading the right page with his right eye. According to the article in the Times newspaper, he could accurately recall the contents of at least 12,000 books. 12,000 books, an amount of reading I can't really even comprehend. Peak lived in Murray, Utah, and spent a considerable amount of his time reading the Salt Lake City Library and demonstrating his capabilities at schools with um, great help from his father. So he did need quite a lot of assistance from his dad. Peak did not walk until he was four years old, and even then, in a sidelong manner, he could not bot button up his own shirts and had difficulty with other ordinary motor skills, presumably due to his damaged cerebellum, which normally coordinates motor activities. So the thing that made his brain be completely rewired is also the thing that kept him from being able to do normal tasks that you and I take for granted. In psychological testing, Peak yielded superior ability in the performance subtest and limited ability in the verbal subtest, leading his overall overall IQ to 87. But he kind of breaks the mold. Does It's not to be considered a valid measure of his cognitive ability. And a lot of people, there's a lot of criticisms about the IQ test anyway. They change it all the time. Um, 100 is supposed to be the average. So if people get smarter, they have to move. It's, it's The IQ test should never be taken as a set measurement of how intelligent someone is because intelligence is so hard to measure. So his official IQ score, 87. But the dude could memorize the contents of 12 thousand books yet he couldn't really tie his shoes get what i'm saying iq of 87 only because the iq test didn't really know how to test this dude in his adult life peak attended the columbus center and earned a 40 dollars week uh doing 40 dollars a week doing payrolls for 86 employees at the salt lake city school district his father didn't fully appreciate peak's talents until 1979 when he correctly predicted that the plummeting Skylab would land near Perth, Australia. So he predicted something from outer space landing in a certain a specific part in on the Earth. In 1984, screenwriter Barry Morrow uh, met Peak in Arlington, Texas. The result of the meeting was the 1988 Academy Award-winning film Rain Man. The character of Raymond Babbitt, although inspired by Peak, was depicted as being an individual with autism. Dustin Hoffman, who portrayed Babbitt in the film, met Peak and other individuals who displayed savant mannerisms, studying their characteristics and nature in order to play the role as accurately as possible. The movie led to a number of requests for appearances, which increased Peak's self-confidence. Barry Morrow gave Peak his Oscar statuette to carry with him and show at these appearances it has since been referred to as the most loved Oscar statue because it has been held by more 
people than any other. Uh, Peek also enjoyed approaching strangers and showing them his talent for calendar calculations by telling them on which day of the week they were born and what news items were on the front page of major newspapers that day. Peek also appeared on television. He traveled with his father, who took care of him and performed many motor tasks that Peek found difficult. In 2004, scientists at the Center of Bioinformatics Space Life Sciences at the NASA Ames Research Center, <laughs> that's a lot of big words, examined Peek with a series of tests, in including computed tomography, CT scan, and magnetic resonance imaging, MRI. The intent was to create a three-dimensional view of his brain structure and to compare the images to MRI scans performed in 1988. Uh, these were the first tentative approaches in using non-invasive technology to further investigate Kim's savant abilities. By the time he was 18, despite his lack of schooling, Peek had a job doing payroll, um, and then it, it went up to 160 employees. It took him only a few hours a week, and he performed all the necessary calculations in his head. Despite his prodigious feats, Peek's IQ was only 87. Like I said, broke the mold there. It doesn't really count. Afterwards, he often toured the country after Rain Man uh, with his father, advocating tolerance for disabled individuals and demonstrating some of the amazing things that he could do, things that the rest of us couldn't even imagine being able to do. Here are some five things that really remind blowing what Kim was able to do. Reading both pages of an open book at once, um, like I said earlier, <laughs> Kim was able to provide so much detail and depth from his voluminous memory uh, was that he could speed read anything put in front of him. Peek could open a book and read each of the two facing pages at the same time, which by itself mind blowing. The left eye reading the left page, right eye reading the right one, as I said earlier, effectively absorbing both pages at once. So his brain, how is that even possible? He became known for going through the better part of the entire catalog of books in the Salt Lake City Library, reading everything he could get his hands on. So he could read at lightning speed, providing he could also provide instant driving directions between any two cities in the world before Google Maps could do it. <laughs> Among his other uh, reading materials in the library, he absorbed maps, atlases, and travel guides using a combination of his near-perfect recall and his prodigious mathematical calculating abilities. Kim could calculate the best routes in his head an instant, in an instant, years before anybody thought to put a computer up to the job. So before he had GPSs, before any of that stuff, Garmin's even way before Google Maps and the ones you had to plug into your car, um, Gen Z, you might have no idea what I'm talking about. Before we had it on our phones, we had to like get a secondary device that only did GPS. Before all that, Kim was able to do it in his head, figuring out what, but keep in mind, he can't really drive either. So two things happened at the same time. Like I said, broke the mold, can't really do an IQ test on him. He was able to figure out what day anyone's birthday was, not just the date, the day, like Sunday, uh, and not just for modern people. Kim could tell you in a second that Isaac Newton was born on Sunday, but also interest interestingly that his birthday was both Christmas Day or 1642 and January 4th, 19 or 1643, since two competing calendars were in use at that time. So he knew both his birthdays <laughs> with two calendars being used at the same time of Isaac Newton. Uh, birth. Even better, Pete could instantly provide any other notable events that might have happened on the same day from his recall of newspaper headlines and other historical readings. 
He's like a walking encyclopedia. He could recite any Shakespeare play verbatim. He loves Shakespeare and with his high speed reading skills, didn't have any trouble absorbing the entirety of the bard's body of work. He also enjoyed going to performances of Shakespeare's plays, uh, but there was a problem. Not all of the actors could remember their lines as perfectly as Kim did. <laughs> when a thespian de deviated even slightly from the original work, Kim would stand up mid-performance to correct them. <laughs> An impressive feat of memory, uh, but not something that went over well with the Shakespeare in the, in the park crowd. <laughs> so... <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> Someone mess up their lines and then this dude just stands up and is like, hey, you got that wrong. He says this, this, this. <laughs> he was able to count cards, hence the uh, reference to Rain Man, which is what happens in the movie. Spoiler alert from a movie that came out decades ago. The scene from Rain Man where Raymond hits it big at the Vegas blackjack tables never happened in real life. But Kim did read a book on card counting and had all the mental faculties to perform that feat. But even Savant's no right from wrong. When the screenwriter for the movie tried to get Peek to enter a casino to try the experiment in real life, Kim refused, feeling that it would be an be unethical, which I find fascinating. He has horrible social skills or motor skills, but his social skills are relatively intact, especially with morals and ethics. Amazing. Amazing that someone whose brain is missing a, a, a vital part that all of us need to function, he's able to be ethical, moral, I'm sure his dad had a lot, his upbringing had a lot to do with that, but he's also one of the, the he had the best memory ever. Kim Peek passed away in 2009 of a heart attack, but his feats will not soon be forgotten. Thanks to Rain Man, nor did Peek ever forget his own role as um, inspiration for the movie. To his dying day, one of his most prized possessions that he carried with him everywhere he traveled was the Golden Oscar statue given to him by the screenwriter who won it for penning the movie. So... I <laughs> I find that touching <laughs> that he was given the Oscar and he kept it. He died of a heart attack in his at his home December 19, 2009 at the age of 58. Barry Morrow put his own Oscar statuette on permanent loan to Salt Lake City in memory of Kim Peek and put forward the money for Peek the Peek Award which quote pays tribute to artists, media makers and film subjects who are positively impacting our society's perception of people with disabilities and is given out by the Utah Film Center. That's a great, it's a great ending. <laughs> I'm getting a little choked up. Most people who met, who met Kim when he was alive thought his memory would have reached capacity at some point, like a computer running out of memory, running out of gigabytes, or my PlayStation running out of memory. But up until the day he died, he was able, he was still absorbing, retaining, and recalling information at lightning speed. His brain was wired completely different from the rest of humanity. That corpus callosum mentioned earlier that I, the thing Kim was born without is like white matter that carries vital connections between the left and right sides of the brain. No one really knows how, but Kim's brain was able to rewire itself in an entirely unique way. The human body is amazing, especially the brain. And whenever someone asked him how he did it, whenever most of, uh, whenever most savants are asked how they do it, how they do their, uh, quote, island of genius, they have no answer. The, they can't explain their methods. Kim would say something like, I look into my own mind when offering an explanation for his otherworldly gift. So just thought you would like that story. I definitely did. Uh, after watching the real story documentary about savants, um, Kim stuck out. He is very popular. He's arguably one of the most popular savants, but you can learn about a whole bunch of other savants, not just Kim. Um, I found out one guy was in a car crash. He got a horrible brain injury. He was super, super depressed for like months, you know, 
he painted over, he put, he blacked out all his windows, just stayed inside for a while. And then he started seeing geometric uh, images everywhere. Now he's working with major universities, helping with mathematical equations and stuff. So there's tons of stories about savants, even the, the, the YouTube video that I mentioned, the, uh, the genius within extraordinary gifted people on real stories. There's a bunch of people on that one. I just picked out Kim specifically, um, because of my love of film and, and rate and the fact that he inspired rain man. So thanks for listening. Who to thunkers. I hope you enjoyed. Hope you have a good week. Until next time. I don't always include these in episodes, but I, there's every once in a while there's like a blooper. I messed something up. I didn't check something before I started recording. And sometimes I do include them. I'm going to include them at the end. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed my screw up. Well, howdy, Huda Thunkers. This is the host of the Huda Thunkin podcast, Zeb, coming at you. Episode 176. I didn't check that. No, just a